I'm Rechard van der And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 137, for the weekend starting Friday, 13 November 2015. Friday the 13th. Talk Central <laughs> is brought to you by Tech Central. You'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like, she lost a job, her husband, and a house in six years of hell. Terabyte Tokoloshi. <laughs> that <laughs> is a genuine front page headline from the Daily Sun. Only in South Africa. On Talk Central this week, we chat about MTN's ongoing wo- woes, as well as Telcom's interest in buying Cell C. Also this week, we chat about AfriHost's voice packages and we look at web browsers, specifically Firefox coming to iOS. Before we get to all of that, though, we need to pay the bills. We'll be back just after this. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Daddy's gonna buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, daddy's gonna download you a bazillion things. With that pipe from Vox Telecom, you get free data between midnight and 6 a.m. every night. That's an unshaped high-speed internet lullaby for the ears. To get yours, visit voxtelecom.co.za. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? Good stuff. It's been a while since we sat around this table. Yeah, it's been too long, actually. We need to uh, yeah, get back into the swing of things. Get back into the swing of things. We do put out quite a few episodes before the end of the year still, which is rapidly approaching. <laughs> yeah, enough. scary, scary. I mean, it's only a few weeks until Christmas, yeah. um, and uh, two weeks after that, it's end of the year. It's yeah. phenomenal. Madness. Are you going away? Um, I might, uh, might do a little beer excursion, but uh, beer excursion, beer, beer excursion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm saving all my, my. Uh, I don't want to say leave time because that's not what I, how I work. But I'm saving my time for my my wedding next year. So oh right, you yeah, got it's, it's happening soon. Yeah, end of January. End oh, congrats. Of January. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, thanks. Mine's thanks. in March. So oh yeah, nice. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the year of the wedding. <laughs> we'll see you on honeymoon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, well, there's lots to cover because we haven't uh, recorded for a while, and uh, the big story of the last of the last three weeks now, I think it's been three weeks, yeah, is obviously MTN mm. and the huge problem they've got up in Nigeria. <laughs> um, you've, uh, I'm sure you've been following the story, yeah, Richard, yeah. but uh, for those for those who've um, just come returned from holiday on Mars, uh, it's um, it's it's uh, it's a hell of a story. They've um, been fined 5.2 billion dollars, which at the current exchange rate is about 75 billion rand. <laughs> Uh, massive money uh, by the Nigerian Communications Commission for belatedly they've actually done it belatedly cutting off 5 million customers um, who were not registered under the Nigerian version of FICA or RICA rather uh, the SIM card registration law and uh, the news of this um, which broke in Nigeria before MTN announced it to the market sent the share price plummeting uh, and it hasn't recovered I uh, see even mm. today uh, fr- Friday the th- uh, 13th it's still under pressure Sitting at around 144 rand a share, down from over 190 rand before this, uh, sure. this problem started. So we've lost about 70, 80 billion rand in market capitalization in that time. So greater than the actual quantum of the fine, um, <laughs> and uh, no resolution in sight. It's cost the job of the group CEO who resigned mm. last week, uh, and um, the former CEO, uh, who's highly respected by the markets, Patuma Tleko. Uh, who well, was non-executive chairman um, has returned as interim CEO. His official title is executive chairman, uh, and he's now off to Nigeria to um, go and uh, sort out, uh, try and sort out this mess. Um, no sign whatsoever whether the Nigerians are going to 
are going to, um, to ease up on to the, ease fi- up on the yeah. fine. The fine is ridiculous. Um, mm. I mean, it's the biggest fine, uh, from what I can ascertain, in the history of telecoms anywhere in the world imposed by a regula- regulatory authority and possibly the biggest fine ever imposed by a regulatory agency. Well, anyway. they're trying to make an example out of MTN, it seems like. It, it could be that. Uh, it's difficult to know. I mean, the Nigerian market is difficult to ascertain, especially from a distance. But we, what we do know is that the Nigerian economy is in a lot of trouble and that the government hasn't been able to raise uh, tax revenues because of the collapse in the oil price over the past year. It's fallen from above $100 to around $44, the Brent crude oil price. And this has had a huge impact on their revenue-raising capabilities as a country. Mm-hmm. And there's been some speculation that this is actually about raising money uh, in the absence of that oil revenue, trying to make up for, for, for the lost revenue. And there may be some truth to that. Some analysts say, yeah, that's, that's likely. Others say it seems unlikely. But there's, there's no doubting the fact that, they're, 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 that there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of pressure on that economy and on that government. The second thing is they have a new government there. Um, good luck, Jonathan. Uh, the previous CEO is out, and there's a, a new guy in charge, Muhammadu Buhari, um, who has only just in the last few days um, appointed a cabinet, despite the fact that he's been president for, I think, six months already. Sure. Um, and so the regulator may have been acting in a bit of a vacuum because there was no political oversight. So it could have been a case of, um, of bureaucrats simply you know, implementing the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law mm. and imposing you know, the maximum fine that they could impose without sort of thinking of the consequences. And the consequences are very serious, not just for MTN. There's, this, there's a serious consequence for South Africa because it could have a big impact on the tax that MTN pays the South African government mm. uh, because MTN is a very big, very profitable company. But um, it, it also could ha- have and will have, I think already is having, a very big impact a negative impact on foreign investors' perceptions of Nigeria. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> no, if you're if you're a company thinking yeah. about investing in the telecom space or any other space for that matter, and you see a Nigerian authority imposing a fine that's completely out of all proportion and completely unjustified, um, you know, sure, impose a fine on them, but not impose a fine that makes sense, not a fine that 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 is completely out of all mm. out of all proportion to the offence. Uh, you know, I think foreign investors are going to say, well, you know, is it safe to do business in that country? You know, if MTN can be a, have a, a ridiculous fine like this imposed on it, um, we'll, you know, maybe we'll go somewhere else. If we're looking at Africa, perhaps we'll go invest in Kenya or South Africa mm. or somewhere else. But MTN's uh, license was renewed in Nigeria as well a few days later, wasn't it? It was. Their, um, their operating spectrum license, I think they called it. Uh, I think it was the 900 and 1800 megahertz bands. MTN immediately played this up and said, uh, you know, this is evidence that we have a good relationship with the regulator. Mm. Um, but, you know, it may have just been a, you know, a bureaucratic process that was in that. I, I, I doubt it had anything to do with the, the fine. It was just sure. going to be announced anyway. But I suppose it's positive that the Nigerians don't want to get rid of MTN. Um, although I'm sure MTN has given some thought to the idea of getting out of Nigeria <laughs> after seeing this fine. <laughs> yeah, what's next? What's going to happen next? Uh, I mean, how long? I, I didn't see how long after. I mean, what was a time period where between when they should have cut those numbers and when they actually did? Was it a question it's, of years or months? No, it was. A, I think it was a question of weeks, if not days. Um, the deadline was 11 August. Uh, and then MTN put out a trading statement. I forget exactly when it was. Um, it was fairly recent. Let me see if I can... Let me see if I can find it quickly. Um, but it, it, it wasn't long after then, um, in, in which they said they'd cut off 5.1 million SIMs. So it has to be the same 5.1 million. They put out a... Uh, let me just see if I can find it now. Um, just having a look on ShareNet here. Uh, the Bible of all things trading. Update. Here we go. 22nd of October. 
uh, they put out a quarterly update for the period ended 30 September. And in that quarterly update, they said that they'd cut off those 5.1 million. So, so this happened sometime between 11 August and 22 October. So a matter of just over two months. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, it's just an interesting position, and it'll be yeah, like you said. It's gonna we, we need to see what's gonna happen here because the implications of of how this plays out. Yeah, um, could have yeah repercussions for South Africa. Yeah, uh, and and investment in Nigeria. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, shareholders are going to be watching this. Uh, I think with a with a great uh, deal of interest because uh, the share prices, as I said, have has come down quite significantly. If that fine does get reduced significantly, then there's obviously a huge upside to the share price. Um, but if they don't manage to do that, then um, then they could could even come under more pressure. Uh, but difficult, very difficult times for MTN. Okay, so the other big news in the telecom sector is uh, is the confirmation from Telcom confirmation, I guess, of the worst kept secret in the industry this year <laughs> that uh, they're in talks to buy sell C, uh, which is um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, this this comes after Telcom failed to do this RAN radio access net- network uh, sharing agreement with MTN that was blocked by the competition authorities, which I was very surprised by after they approved the Vodacom acquisition of Miatel. Mm. But um, Telcom now deciding to go after after Cell C and uh, confirming uh, this week that they are conducting a due diligence investigation uh, of the company, so looking at its books and seeing what it's really worth. Um, although reportedly uh, there's disagreement between Telcom and Celsi parents, uh, Auger Telecom, about what the company's actually worth. Um, the numbers we've heard, that I've been reading are from, from various um, wire services that have claimed to have access to this information. Uh, Telcom apparently putting on something like 14 billion rand on the table and Auger looking for something north of 20 billion rand. So a big difference in, in, in valuation there. Um, valuation or negotiation? It's negotiation, yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's the, the value they believe the company, sure, you know, what sure. they believe the company's worth. Uh, and, um, you know, that's a, there's a the six to eight billion rand difference is, is a heck of a difference. So I don't know if they kind of reach... It's one MTN fine in Nigeria. Yes, yes, yes. It's actually less than that. One unit. <laughs> it's about half of an MTN fine. No, a third of an MTN fine in Nigeria. <laughs> that puts things in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> a third of a Celsi. A third of a Celsi. <laughs> um, oh no, sorry, three times a Celsi. <laughs> uh, and um, it's an interesting move. I mean, um, you know, uh, does Celsi really need this acquisition? Uh, they, you know, from what I hear, they're actually doing reasonably well now. Mm, mm. They seem to be. They seem to be have put the loss-making days behind them. Um, which is why they're obviously asking for which, a premium on. on and they, they they believe that they yeah, can get a lot more. Yeah. Um, of course, they're still sitting on a mountain of debt, which is Celsi's biggest issue. Some people suggest it's uh, around 14 billion rand. Um, whether debt is part of that valuation or not, I think it has to be. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. Is Telcom asking for, you know, offering 14 billion rand less the debt, making it zero rand? Uh, are they bidding zero rand to take on the debt? I'm not sure. But um, what would they get? I mean, it's just the, the technology. The, the, the they're going to get access to, uh, to subscribers, basically. Um, you know, the problem with Telcom is that they came very low, late into the mobile market, mm. um, and they um, they've only got less. They've got less than two percent of the market. Um, they've got a good network, uh, particularly for data. Um, and Celsius has got the customer base. Uh, 
its network has improved, but it, arguably its network is not not the greatest. Mm. Uh, but um, it's it's got the customer base. I think 22 million customers was the last number I saw from Celsius. So they've um, they've grown massively in the last three years, actually getting quite close to MTN's market share. Um, so I think it's it's, a, it's about buying customers. Uh, they'd also get a network of base stations. Um, although a lot of their base stations are sold to American tower corporations, so the, the physical infrastructure they don't own. Mm. Uh, they still own the active components on those towers. Um, I guess it's a, it's a really about buying market share and getting and getting bulk. Um, and it could be a good deal. I mean, it you know, um, Telcom Mobile is, it looks fairly unsustainable at its size. Um, if you if you combine these two companies, you're going to end up with three players in the market with about a third each. Um, Celsius slash Telcom, MTN and, and Vodacom. Vodacom are a bit, more, a bit bigger. Maybe they've got about half the market with the other two fighting out for 25%. But um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting proposition. Um, I think the thing that Telcom shareholders are going to be watching is that Telcom doesn't overpay mm. um, because that, that could... Um, you settle it with 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 debt, or Telcom could come to those shareholders, in fact, um, and ask them to pay for the acquisition through a rights issue, um, which you know will end up diluting their shares potentially. Um, but interesting situation. I, I'm not sure whether I'm in favour or against the idea of um, of a deal like that. But uh, let's see what happens. We first need to. They first need to agree on a price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before it goes anywhere. I mean, it's still, <laughs> after that, it still has to go to the CASA and the Competition mm, Commission mm. and all the rest of it. So it's going to take at least a year, if it, if it, uh, even if they do agree on a price. Um, but it does seem like Telcom may soon have a, a another MVNO that it could uh, sink its teeth into. I think, with the launch of Afrios and their mobile offering. You mean compete against oh. competing? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. You've you had a look at it. What what are they offering? Yeah, um, I got uh, as a Afria subscriber, I got uh, an email to notify me that I've got a kind of like a preview access or early access. I can sign up for a package, um, and I also get ten gigs free data if I do so. I haven't done so yet, but uh, just looking at the the packages they offer, um, there are eight that I can see at the moment, starting from a mobile extra small, which gives you plus minus fifty minutes, which is about forty rands airtime and one gigabyte of mobile data for 99 random month um, and the packages so just read that again so it's uh, about 50 minutes of uh, voice time so it's yeah. about 30, uh, 40 rands worth of air time yeah Plus one gigabyte of mobile data for yeah. 99 random months. That's pretty aggressive. Um, and that, if I just jump a few, if I go to mobile large, is that on network voice or is that uh, is that voice to any network? Uh, it should be voice to any network from what I've seen. I'd imagine it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mobile large package uh, for 399 gives you 200 minutes, 160 rand worth of airtime, and five gigs of mobile data, which is it's actually not a bad. If you look at what yeah, five gigs of mobile data would cost you. Yeah. Um, the biggest package I've got in their lineup is a mobile 4XL, which gives you 1,200 minutes. It's about uh, 950 rand. Who the hell needs 1,200 minutes of voice? <laughs> That's insane. Um, and 10 gigabytes of mobile data for 149. Um, if I compare kind of what I'm spending a month on my package, uh, I would be comparative to a mobile 2XL giving me 7 gigs of data, 500 minutes at 400 rand worth of airtime for about 750, which is roughly what I'm paying for mm. uh, for my current uh, MTN SIM card. Um, yeah. But I'm not getting near that amount of mobile yeah, those data. Are prices are, those same. prices are pretty good. Those are, those are handset exclusive prices, I'm sure. Yeah, obviously this is, and there's, there's month to month, so you don't sign up for Oh, that's good, yeah. I'm just thinking what I pay on Vodacom. I mean, I'm on a 250 minute or so a month and I get one and a half gigs of data and I'm 
for the privilege, I think I'm paying about 500 bucks. So for the same price, I'll be getting about three times the data. Mm. Same amount of minutes, three times the data. Yeah, well, that is a good deal. It certainly, I mean, from, from, from what I've seen uh, initially, this definitely looks like a good deal for anybody who kind of wants to change up their package offering and make mm. sure they, they, they pay less a month mm. uh, for, for more value. I see the voice and data numbers are kind of linked to each other. They both grow through the through the range of offerings. You know, what I'd love to see is an is an option where you have, uh, you know, if you only want 100 minutes a month, but you get 10 gigs of data. Um, yeah, we control your 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 voice minutes. It'd be um, nice like F and B does with its uh, MVNO, where you can you can just literally slide along and select. I want this many SMSs, this much data, and this much voice. Yes, yes. You know, calculate how much I'm going to pay. It'll be interesting to see the the, the backend for this because AfriOst has got this very cool app that uh, or, or backend access that can allow you to to modify your package, add more data, add more voice. Mm. Um, and if they get that right, as well as what they do with their DSL pack uh, offerings or the data mm. offerings, um, I think users will really love mm. this package and what they have to offer. Yeah, um, it seems like it's a very simple solution, um, affordable prices. I guess I just need to. Uh, you know, get some subscribers on it now and get, mm. uh, get voice traditional voice users to, to look at Afriost as a voice supplier not just a data supplier yeah quite interesting so I mean they've effectively become an MVNO here on MTN's network so effectively they're the first MVNO on MTN interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if this is a, a test uh, before uh, MTN launches more MVNOs on its platform yeah, yeah it could very could well very be, well be, yeah. Very well be. Yeah. Anyway, the wind is picking up quite nicely here. Um, one of the joys of recording a podcast outside. Um, um, I guess it's also testing the quality of this Yeti microphone we used to do the podcast. So <laughs> I hope in the after effect there isn't uh, too much uh, wind noise on the mic, but uh, apologies if there is. What else is happening? Um, yeah, I want to I want to chat about Firefox. Um, what browser do you use on your PC? Chrome. Um, Chrome. Chrome throughout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And on your phone? Also Chrome. Also Chrome. You've yeah. got an iPhone. Yeah. Um, I, I used to use Chrome until very recently, and I've ditched it on every platform I use, and I've gone to Firefox. Um, mostly because Chrome seemed to have some sort of problem with it. It could have been a plugin. It probably was a plugin, in fact, to be fair. Uh, that um, it, was, it was consuming gigabytes and gigabytes of data every day on my desktop. Hmm. Um, and I, I just decided to hell with this. Um, I'm getting rid of this thing. It's on Windows at least. It, it spawns so many processes all over the place that you know just to uninstall the thing, you have to you have to go into the task manager and kill about 40 processes. Um, Mine's running at about eight gigs of memory at the moment. Eight gigs. That's but insane. I've, I've, got, I've got a lot of tabs open. In, that's still, in, in that's all crazy. Fairness, but that is crazy. Still, um, anyway, I've, 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 Firefox probably isn't your best bet if you don't if you want to move away from a memory hog. But, um, <laughs> but, but they've improved a lot. Yeah, I mean, they, they they, they've kind of gone back to where they started, which mm. was a really good alternative browser. Yeah. yeah. Um, with some really good features built in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm using it as my exclusive browser now on Windows, and on my Android phone. And now on my iPad as well. Um, I've just installed it. It's uh, come out uh, this week, uh, and it looks pretty good. I haven't really had a chance to play with it around with it extensively, but it's got all the features you expect in the desktop one, including the the sync application, mm. so you can sync all your tabs and bookmarks and browser history and all the rest of it, which Chrome offers natively uh, as well now. Um, and uh, and also the the private browsing mode, uh, of course, Chrome has that as well. So you know, if you're happy with Chrome, there's probably no reason for you to move to Firefox, but um, I decided to just make the switch. I used to be a Firefox user back in the day, and yeah. uh, I always felt a bit loyal to the platform. Um, and mm-hmm. I moved to Chrome when Chrome emerged, and I've gone back, and I'm kind of happy with it. Um, a couple of niggles here and there. I don't think the 
prediction in the URL bar is, is as good on Firefox as it is on Chrome. Chrome, you know, obviously using the Google search engine to mm, give you mm. suggestions as you type, um, which which Firefox can do, but it's not as good as, at it as Chrome. Um, but apart from that, I've, I've, I mean, I found the, all the same plugins that I need. Um, you know, most of the plugins that are available on Chrome are also available on Firefox. Um, and, um, you know, I've got an RSS reader built into it so I can, you know, keep tabs on other new sites, that sort of thing. Um, it's pretty good. Um, and I've now installed it on my iPad. And um, I think I'm going to give it a give it a bash on there as well. I haven't uninstalled Chrome with my iPad yet, but I may well still do, do so. It's well worth checking out. I mean, Firefox is is the original alternative browser, and mm. I always have a lot of respect and love for them. And it's good mm. to good to see that they're finally giving uh, Apple Mobile, a, you know, was, some attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll definitely try it as well and see see how it fares against uh, Chrome. Yeah, but it'll 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 have to blow me away for me to move away from Chrome. Yeah, um, at this point, I've just been very happy with that browser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even when it's showing eight gigs of your RAM. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I've got how, do you see, how do you see what time of RAM is consuming? Well, I've got a little uh, taskbar app okay. called iStat Menus installed. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, it was one of my picks a few podcasts ago, I remember. so it's well worth checking out. Uh, okay. okay. I was wondering if there's an easy way for me to do it here just to check what, what um, Firefox is using, but I guess not. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the browser market's interesting. Um, do you use, do you use a Mac? Do you use Safari at all? Never, never. No, I don't, the only the only time that I touch Safari is when Apple or my mobile phone opens it up automatically on a link or something. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I've never. I don't know. I, I don't have anything against Safari. It's literally no. just I've never between Firefox and Chrome, I've really mm. had all my browser needs satisfied, mm. and uh, I've been have very happy with that so far. Yeah. I mean, I know Safari's got some really interesting uh, things built in for the Mac platform, but again, you know. When I'm browsing, when I'm browsing the internet, mm. I trust Google and I trust, uh, you know, obviously, I need to trust my web browser, and the two mm. I think work well together. Yeah, especially yeah. that they Google based. Yeah, yeah. I may end up going back to Chrome at some point, but um, so far I've been on Firefox uh, exclusively, except on my iPad where it wasn't available until mm. until yesterday. Uh, and um, I've been on for about I think six weeks now, and uh, no problems. I've felt no awesome. need to go to another mm. browser. So. It will actually be interesting. What I'll do is I'll install it and then also compare the memory uh, from a day-to-day use and see yeah. how much more it uses. Mm. Um, it'll be it'll be good to see if it is actually a little bit more optimized. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, if you want to check it out, uh, check out Firefox iOS. Go check it out in the um, App Store. Right. Uh, I think uh, let's do our winners and losers. Let's start with our loser this week because uh, we've spoken about it already, and I, mm. I think we should just move on from the story. Um, <laughs> it's obviously MTN. Um, they haven't handled this, uh, the you know, in the best way. They they, they didn't communicate initially to the market um, sufficiently, yeah. um, and I think still they need to communicate more than they have. But I suppose they're in a bit of a difficult position trying to negotiate with with the the Nigerians. Um, I saw one analyst referring to what's happening as a Nigerian shakedown. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like I guess they're busy with hostage negotiations. <laughs> so I suppose it's difficult to you don't want to be seen to be having a negotiation with the Nigerian authorities through the media. Mm. Okay understand that mm. but um, you know there's still there's still questions over the way they've communicated in fact they're facing an investigation by the JSC um, over whether they whether they um, reported their um, when they first whether they first disclosed the um, initial information in time and whether insider trading took place on the back of the information that was actually in the market earlier in the day um, it seems unlikely um, you know the, mar- the information was in the market so you know everyone mm. had the possibility of trading on it so I'm not sure it was insider trading but uh, but uh, yeah, they're our loser this week MTN and its shareholders for that matter 
And um, our winner this week, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance yet to play around with Steam since uh, it got Rand pricing a few days ago. I haven't played with it yet, but I've, uh, I've read about this and I love what they've done. Yeah. I absolutely love what they've done. What I love is that the pricing is, in many cases, is cheaper than what it was and when it was dollar pricing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we can buy games for cheaper than most countries in the world yeah. if, if you buy, bring your dollars here and buy yeah. with Rand. Yeah. Um, which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Just Cause 3 to come out on the 1st mm. of December. And uh, that was priced in the store at $53.99. I'm just going to fire up a calculator here. Uh, 53.99. And I think the Rand is currently at 14.3. Um, that's 700. Ah, sorry, hang on. I pressed the wrong button. Um, what did I say? 50. Let's call it $54 times 14.3 is 772 Rand. Uh, that, that's what you, pricing, that was yeah. the price. That's the dollar pricing in the dollars that, that we saw a week ago in the Steam mm, store mm. for the Just Cause 3 launch on the 1st of December. Pre order price. Uh, the pre order price now in Rand is 449 Rand. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. So th over 300 Rand off. That's going to make a lot of South African gamers very, very happy. Mm. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if the exchange rate uh, negatively impacts, you know, you know, a society of gamers that probably half of them won't be able to mm. afford 1,000 Rand games for much longer. Mm. Um, it's good to see this. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, let's hope it stays that way. That's fantastic. In fact, PC games in South Africa have always tended to be cheaper than uh, overseas. Mm, mm. Um, but we certainly pay full price for console games here if you go into a, yeah. into a store. I mean, the price of a, a new PS4 or Xbox One game now is insane. Uh, you, you know, eight ninety nine, even one oh nine nine in some cases. Yeah. Um, whereas, historically, the PC game prices have been much lower. I think for a long period of time, they were sitting at two ninety nine. For new games, uh, I think they've they've moved up to around three ninety nine or four ninety nine for some titles now, but um, still significantly cheaper than what you pay if you went into a retail store in the US. And unfortunately, this exchange rate just hasn't it's been horrible. kind to us. I mean, it's I spoke horrible. to one of the game publisher, one of the importers recently, and um, he told me how it's it's really impacted them badly because for gamers, you know, a lot of Xbox gamers, for example, now to all of a sudden uh, spend upwards of a thousand rand on a game mm. where before it was six seven hundred rand, and mm. that's a massive difference, especially if you have to make that jump within two years yeah. uh, in terms of how you spend your money on games yeah yeah um i hope i hope something like this has yeah it's broader repercussions so that we find our console games also not uh, not as expensive but yeah. i don't think that's gonna happen yeah well done steam cool there are winner this week what's your pick record so i had uh, the opportunity to play with the new apple tv yesterday oh yeah um, and I, I'm pleasantly surprised. I, I didn't use the old Apple TV much. I used the first generation uh, for a few months, a few years ago. Um, but I really like what Apple's done. Uh, mm. The device, if, you, if you're familiar with the Apple TV, you know what it does. It's, it's essentially a streaming box that allows you to stream the likes of Netflix and Hulu and that kind of thing. Um, but with the new with the new Apple TV, what they've uh, what they've really done is Apple's gone really introduced or introduced Apple's version of appification on the TV. We've seen that kind of thing with smart TVs uh, over the last few years. But the way that Apple's obviously done it is enabling their mobile, uh, their iOS operating system to essentially become a tvOS, or they've just re-engineered it. So mm -hmm. you have the same kind what of... What OS does it run? TVOS. TVOS. TVOS, okay. yeah. Which is, which is a re-engineered... Uh, iOS. iOS, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so you have kind of all the, the bells and whistles you'll find on your iPad or iPhone, uh, you know, the apps and that kind of thing, um, just presented to you in a 
slightly different user interface, yeah. um, which I love. So obviously the gaming aspect of it is, is quite interesting. It's not the same type of games you can expect from a PlayStation or an Xbox. But if you if you like uh, mobile games, and iOS has some really good ones on the mm-hmm. iTunes store, you'll have a lot of fun with the Apple TV on from a gaming point of view. Yeah. Um, when it comes to streaming, obviously it becomes a little bit more tricky, even though the Apple TV has been officially launched or it's coming here officially. Not everybody's going to have access to the likes of Netflix because you still need to root your DNS yes. um, to unlock that geolocation. Mm. Um, so once, if you if you are a Netflix user and you know how to do that kind of thing, you'll love the Apple TV because it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Set up Uno Tally or Media Hint, uh, and you've got access to those things. Well, Media Hint didn't work on Apple TV. Uh, I actually haven't. Yeah, mm. I think they've got some DNSs. Uh, I know they with a the recent update they've got some DNSs oh, that I can do on routers and things. So I'm okay. sure you'll be able to, to okay. do it. Okay. We tried it with Uno Tally and it was fine. Um, the, the the remote is new, so what they've done is oh, the remote is very they've cool. redesigned mm-hmm. the remote. Yeah, it's got a little touchpad on it. It's five buttons: the volume rocker, home button, a Siri button. Um, Siri, that's the cool. Yeah, that's the coolest Siri. thing about this new TV. Yeah, yeah. That's the, so. I mean, what you'll be able to do with Siri voice activation or voice navigation is navigate by voice. Ask Siri to play you the latest uh, comedy from uh, or a latest comedy starring uh, your favorite actor mm. um, and it'll bring up the right relevant search another thing I like is you can actually tell Siri something like uh, please tell me what he just said on a movie yeah and what did he, he say re- yeah, yeah what did yeah. he say and yeah. he will rewind uh, rewind the clip and also uh, enable closed captions so you can hear or see what he said yes um, it's very much a refined product from from the previous Apple TV devices yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what developers do with the platform obviously we haven't seen much development specifically for TVs mm. on the Apple TV mm. um, but I think we're going to find as with any platform people are going to de- de- develop some interesting applications to mm. run on the Apple TV yeah um, you can uh, airplay from your mobile device which is also great a standard iOS feature yeah um, and yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, if if you if you are in, entrenched in the Apple ecosystem, it makes a lot of sense to get to Apple TV. Yeah. If you don't have any Apple devices, maybe not so much, but it's still a good streaming yes. a streamer device. Yes. Um, well worth checking out. Uh, I think yeah, that was it. There was nothing really else that uh, surprised me. Um, it, it's pretty standard from that point of view, but it does yeah. it really well. You know, typical yeah. Apple fashion does what it does really well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would buy one just yet because I've got a notebook connected up to my TV and I, I was going to more power to that. I was going to say that um, I still think that the best um, user interface and best experience um, for watching TV today is to connect a PC to your TV. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a micro PC. I, I, you know, a lot of companies are selling them now. HP's got them. Uh, Intel does the NUC. Mm. Um, there, there are a lot of them, and they run full Windows. Um, and the other option, of course, is to get a Mac Mini, although that is gets quite pricey, <laughs> <laughs> especially with around fourteen to the fourteen to the dollar. But uh, you can you can get one of these things. They're not going to be as cheap as an Apple TV, which is designed to be a low cost streaming box. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to spend a few thousand rand, but at the end of the day, I think it's actually worth it because you can you can keep all your content there. You can plug an external hard drive into mm. it and watch whatever mm. you want whenever you want it. Um, and you're not locked into a particular ecosystem because you've got the power of the web. Yeah. Uh, your web browser is effectively your interface to what you what you consume. Now that was one of the things with the Apple TV that uh, that's always kind of been a niggle for me is the fact you can't stream um, other legally downloaded content yeah. if I can put it like that. Yeah. Um, but Plex actually launched an app for Apple TV which will allow you to stream from another device. So you know, feather in the cap for uh, for that functionality perhaps. Okay. 
Um, but I will still go for a Mac, uh, for a, for a notebook connected to my my TV. The only downside to that is if you don't have a a, a new or or a notebook with an HDMI output, you might get lower resolution than you would oh. uh, using. You yeah. know, using a newer notebook or an yeah. Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, so on mine, for example, on my notebook, I've outputting a VGA, but it's still sufficient. I'm still getting okay. my 720p yeah. on my 720p yeah. TV, so I yeah. don't need need anything more. Do, do the laptop? Is it your laptop, or do you have an old laptop that you can? It's an old laptop. Okay. No, it's it's a, so it's a repurposed thing. It's a Core i7. It's a, it's a repurposed laptop. It's a repurposed laptop. Okay. Yeah, it's high end. It's got I mean, if you want to get something that's that's ergonomic and stuff, you can get one of these mini PCs that yeah, that will yeah. look like a set top box or smaller. Um, and you know they got Bluetooth in, so you can connect a keyboard yeah. and a mouse and that sort of. I've got a mini no, TV stand. You just pop it yeah. down the TV stand. You don't ever see what mm. what there is. But this this idea of putting Siri into the remote control is really interesting because um, I could see potential. Say you got a Windows box connected to your TV running Windows 10. I could see the potential for a third party um, you know, device manufacturer to develop some sort of handheld remote for Windows with a built-in voice that speaks to Cortana and then Cortana yeah, does yeah. you know I don't know if, if, if Cortana is the right interface for that but I can imagine there's there's a whole lot of op- opportunities here for third-party device manufacturers to build um, uh, you know devices that people can speak into to, to control their TVs control, yeah, yeah definitely um, the, only, the only thing that Apple TV doesn't have which was a Bit of an interesting oversight, I thought, was the fact it doesn't support 4K yet. Um, oh. I don't think it'll support 4K with firmware revision. From from what I've seen online, the chips it won't support. Does HDMI support 4K? Uh, I think we are, but a specific version of HDMI. Uh, a specific if, version, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, if you do some reading online, you'll. Oh, find of course it does. Of course it does. But uh, yeah, I, I, the issue I've had, I've got a 4K monitor connected to my PC, and the issue I had was that HDMI only supported, um, I think, only supported 30 hertz. It may, oh, may have been okay. a limitation of the graphics card I was using there, um, mm-hmm. and I know I had to, I had to get a, I had to, inst- I had to use a Display Port connector, um, and version one point two of Display Port to get sixty hertz refresh at four uh, oh, K. And you have to have a graphics card that supports it, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, it's, it's probably a graphics card hardware um, reason why they don't didn't four K. I mean, it would have been nice to see a future proof box for once. Mm. But let's be honest, they're going to bring a version 2 of this out within two years, probably. Yeah. Um, what I would really like to see, and I, I don't know if Apple will do this, but I would like to see some kind of collaboration with TV manufacturers where TV manufacturers develop dumb devices, not smart TVs. I don't want to see a smart... I don't want a smart TV because the technology gets so dated on those things. But you get a box like an Apple TV that you just slot into the back of the TV and yeah. the right ports are there and it... It becomes an Apple TV outright as opposed to mm. a box that connects to a TV. I don't think a TV manufacturer want to do that. <laughs> no, yeah, they won't. They but, want to uh, control the experience. They don't want Apple on their TVs. But, I mean, it could be generic for any for any operating system. Where a, d- yeah. a dumb TV, you know, you can connect any. What's your favorite operating system? Windows. You get a Windows nut box. And they yeah. just, I mean, I, I yeah. guess we're kind of seeing those things now. But yeah. uh, it would be nice to see very, deeper integration. It's very, very early days. But, yeah, I think I think the future lies in a full PC uh, type of experience on your TV mm. controlled by voice. Yeah. yeah. And also, the, I mean, the app the app thing to me is quite big. I mean, Netflix mm. obviously has got an app, Hulu's got an app, all these, all these streaming companies, ITV, you can, you can get access to the content using the app. Mm. Now, imagine a South African scenario where DSTV launches their app and you can do the same thing seeing the local content through that. You know, I can, mm. I can see a lot of uh, merit in doing it, doing it that way as opposed to trying to provide these services over broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early days, but it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah.
cool. Uh, my pick this week, I'm picking another ebook. I know I picked one last time as well, but um, uh, audiobook, sorry. Uh, and that's uh, Digital Wars by Charles Arthur. Um, he's a former um, tech editor for The Guardian newspaper mm. in London. Um, I think he's gone freelance now, I'm not sure. Uh, but interesting book. Um, I got it from Audible, um, although the, I'm sure the, um, the Kindle or the... Um, the uh, paperback uh, forest version um, is fine too uh, and um, an interesting read um, talks about um, the fight uh, over the last 15 years between uh, Microsoft, Apple and Google uh, they sort of fight for dominance and, and goes into a lot of detail about um, you know about the development of the iPhone you know how Microsoft squandered the uh, the early lead it had in smartphones uh, in smartphone operating systems and smartphones um, and the rise of Android and how everyone, that, you know, caught everyone basically flat-footed. Mm. Um, interesting read. A lot of the stuff on Apple um, I, I found was a little bit too taken from the keynote addresses and that sort of thing, not providing enough sort of behind-the-scenes views, which I suppose is difficult because Apple is such a notoriously mm. secret company. Um, so uh, from that perspective, I was a little bit disappointed. But uh, some of the insights he provided behind the scenes at Microsoft, uh, I think, make the book worth listening to. Um, just talking about the, the, the ugly corporate culture at Microsoft and how it cost them market share in so many areas uh, and the strategic blunders made by Steve Ballmer while he was CEO. Um, quite interesting insights, st- stuff I hadn't heard before. Um, so I think from that perspective, worth, worth, worth a listen. Um, also some interesting insights into the rise of Google. Um, but if you're looking for new stuff on Apple, then uh, this is not the book to read. But um, we are worth, worth, worth getting and... Uh, Fairly well read. I, f- I found the the um, I found the reader on the uh, audible version a little nasally, <laughs> but um, he was bearable. Uh, British reader, um, quite quite bearable actually. Perhaps I'm being a bit unfair. Um, worth worth getting. Uh, maybe listen to the sample just to make sure you can tolerate the voice. Uh, if you can't get the get the uh, printed edition, yeah, or just re- get the printed edition and yeah, tolerate your own voice. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that's Charles Arthur, and the book is called Digital Wars. It's about a year and a half old now, so I've, I'm reading a bit late, but uh, uh, still reasonably current uh, and, and and worth the read. And I'm busy with uh, the Elon Musk book, so uh, hopefully I'll have a nice. chance to talk about that in the next podcast once I finish that one. Cool. The wind is really kicking up now. I'm uh, worried it's uh, interfered with the with the speaker and the recording of this podcast. So again, I apologise if it has. Um, it's, uh, it'll be a lesson learned for next time. <laughs> uh, as always, if you've got any feedback on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can drop us a mail at info at techcentral.co.za. Uh, from Rechard and myself, until next time, take care. Ciao, ciao. ciao.